Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss across the UK online and on DAB <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio she'll get you talking welcome, welcome to the Badass Women's Hour with what she said here at the W Hotel I am Harriet Minter and I'm joined by an amazing panel tonight and we are here to celebrate because it is International Women's Day tomorrow. Officially the, <laughs> uh, officially the one day of the year for women. I don't know why men get 364 of them and we only get one, but you know. At least a month. <laughs> At least a month, right? Um, and actually we're also celebrating because it is the Badass Women's Hour anniversary. Yay! We are one today. Yeah, a whole year. So we did our first event here at the W with the amazing team here a year ago and it was actually called Badass Mavericks and we talked about how we were going to change the world and what was going to happen. I don't think we realised quite how much the world was going to change <laughs> or the direction it was going to go in um, and that wasn't entirely on the plan and I maybe blame the cocktails that we had for that. Um, but hopefully this year we can do the same and we can come up with some big plans for some big bold change because that is the theme of this year's International Women's Day, being bold for change. And so our fabulous panel are going to talk about what being bold means for them, but also the kind of change they want to see in the world and how we bring it <coughs> about. Um, and we are also making this event a little different. So if you've been to any of them before, you'll know that we generally have a panel discussion and do some Q&A. But this time around, what we're actually going to do is we'll have a bit of chat with the panel, um, but then we're opening the floor up to you. And we would like you to pitch us your big, bold ideas for change. Um, I know it sounds really scary, doesn't it? Everyone suddenly went, oh, that wasn't on the invite, what? Um, so this is your chance to tell us a little bit about what your idea is, where you want it to go, and what help or advice you need with it. And our panel will try and help you out. Um, but first, let's start with some intros. So, Nat, do you want to start? One third of Badass Women's Hour, I am Natalie Campbell. Um, so excited for this one uh, a year on and um, we were having a conversation earlier about what's changed and I'm, I'm keen to kind of dig in to that tonight so we can come up with some some solid things that have happened over the last year and what we want to happen next year too hello um, I'm Ernestina Potts um, I am head of campaigns at Virgin um, but also uh, founder of a business called Milk Tooth, which is all about statement earrings uh, that has <laughs> models by me. Uh, and Natalie, obviously. Better, better. Um, which is all about unleashing women's creativity and confidence. 
My name is Melanie Eusebi, and I am chair of the Black British Business Awards and executive producer of the Women of the World Festival at the South Bank Center. I think. <laughs> it's a little bit it's quite a bit. It's light in your face. <laughs> yeah, the light really feels like it's on you. Yeah. And, and I'm also trying to find a comfortable way to perch on these <laughs> You will see me fidgeting. When you work it out, let us know. And I'm following you. Um, Emma Hart, I am the founder and creative director of a fashion, lifestyle, um, for luxury focused communications agency based in London but we go far and wide and um, employer of 20 women and one man, <laughs> my husband. <laughs> I gave him a job. <laughs> That's it. Thanks Emma. I'm Emma Sexton. I'm another third of the Badass Women's Hour. Uh, I have a design agency and also a network for entrepreneurs called Flock. So I'm super excited to hear what your ideas might be for being bold. Thank you, thank you. So I think we'll start with um, the first part of that sentence, like an English A-level. We're going to deconstruct it and talk a little bit about what being bold is, because bold, I think, is more than just being confident. Ernestina, do you agree? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess it's about taking that confidence and putting it into action. And for you, so you obviously <coughs> have a big corporate job and yeah. you have your own company. Mm -hmm. What does being bold in both those spaces look like for you? Well, I think um, at Virgin, I think there's, a, there's kind of a, a responsibility in terms of like the scale of our reach, the multifaceted nature of our businesses, the kind of amount of countries that we're in, the voice that we have. So I think it's about thinking about how we can use that beyond just kind of selling shit mm -hmm. um, and thinking about what that means and what influence it's going to have. I think if you kind of take that back to your daily, daily kind of you know life in terms of what you're doing I think it's about sometimes taking risky choices mm. but I think a, a lot of the times where I <coughs> you know, most resonate with some of the themes when kind of reading about this is actually like some of the uh, kind of hassles you've had to go through with the women in your team who you employ even really quite recently like going to quite extreme levels to kind of get people's pay grades reassessed and kind of to get people the recognition I think even in very progressive companies, like I've always worked in uh, media or, okay, Virgin's a corporate, but um, it's not really, it's a family-owned business, so it's kind of different, but, so even, you know, in those kind of more left-thinking businesses, there's still assumptions are made about kind of women you're in your teams, their aspirations and expectations, and even role descriptions versus men. So do you think being bold, is that about standing up for women, or is it just about showing how they should be or so for me fundamentally I think it's about representing yourself as a woman in whatever facet that is and actually being bold about that representation mm -hmm. so not kind of hiding conforming trying to be like a man trying to evoke the uh, image of a 1950s man in a suit for example which is kind of the whole philosophy behind my um stem materials business <laughs> um, which is like just like you know, own your environment, own your look, own your own own kind of what you want to put out there. Don't try to fit in. And I think that could work in, in lots of different ways. Um, but yeah, so I think for me, kind of being bold literally in terms of like fashion choices and what you wear and how you behave in a corporate environment has been something that's quite fundamental to me. But I think if that doesn't work for other people, that's fine. So it's just about 
owning what you feel is true to yourself. That sounds quite cheesy, but you know. Do you agree? <laughs> is it about owning what's true to you, or is it going further than that? What do you think? I love to deconstruct things, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I do think, yes, it is about being, there's, a, you know, being bold means you have to be committed, right? So, you know, you're not going to be tentatively kind of tiptoeing towards something. It's about just taking the step and planting your foot right down. And for me, being committed means that it's either hell yes or hell no. <laughs> I, you know, I have to kind of trust my, I've been learning over the last few months to really trust my gut. And so for me, being bold is for women to really say, you know, do I like this or not? And just trust that gut. You may, you may, you may mess up. That's cool. The first few times, but then we can't get, we can't go on that journey and be bold if we don't have confidence and knowledge of what we like or don't like. And that could change day by day, but it's about if it's not hell yes, it is a hell no. Like I want to buy a dress and I look in the mirror and I want to make love to myself. <laughs> yes. and you know that feeling, you know that feeling. <laughs> you know, when you're just kind of looking and then there's sometimes I know I bought things in the past where I was just like you buy it, and you kind of put it on, you, you don't feel like you, you know, you know, just like, or it's that day you where you didn't really prepare for work, <laughs> exactly, yeah. so I just think that for us, it's either, like, trust ourselves, it's hell yes, it's hell no, being committed in those actions, rather than kind of tentatively taking the steps forward. Beautiful, thank you. Um, Emma, when you are committed, and you are taking those big steps, how do you kind of Emma H? How do you um, how do you kind of sum up the courage to do that? I think in technical terms, you need to close your eyes and just jump in. Um, as scary as it it seems, I think risk is a really important topic of conversation. And I talk about this quite a lot because. It's about adrenaline to a certain extent. And actually, as soon as you take that jump, there's never going to be anyone that just watches you fall. Yeah. There's always going to be someone that kind of goes, oh my God, she's falling! <laughs> Run to her! <laughs> you know, or otherwise if they don't, they're a bit of an asshole. So, you know, you avoid those. So I think risk is part of that conviction. And that's sort of like, once you do it, you can't kind of go, oh, I'm not sure I did the right thing. You just have to go with it. And actually, it, there's something that... When I started my business, I, I was 24, I had no idea what I was doing, literally had no idea what I was doing. And um, obviously I do now. And what really struck me was that I was really honest about the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, so I'm just going to do this. And the support that I received, but also now receive and the team that I have it's just about transparency and honesty so you go in with conviction but then if you don't know what you're doing you say I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> but there's going to be someone that knows so it's about it's about being honest but having that we will get the end result together nice Nat risk junkie or risk phobic oh so you know I'm a risk junkie <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the way but not, not in a reckless way. I think we only have one life. Mm -hmm. And you can wake up tomorrow and realise that, you know, your whole life has gone by and all of the shoulda, woulda, couldas. So why not do the thing that scares you, knowing that you only have one? There is no... I think people go through life thinking, well, I'll get another chance. No, no. <laughs> Unless you know something that I don't know. No, <laughs> there, is, there is no other chance. So I'm on the just... 
just do it and figure it out and like, I love the phrase or, or thinking about something when the shits hit the fan you know will this matter in five minutes will it matter in five days five months five years and if you go through that and you're like actually no because there'll be some other shit that I'm dealing with mm. then you may, you may as well jump in the really big things you'll take time over but actually I'm I'm all about sort of one foot in front of the other and that's a really interesting point, I think, that you kind of only learn also as you get older, right? Which is, because when you, we were talking about this earlier, when you, you're young and you make a decision and you think, that decision is going to affect the rest of my life. And actually, five months later, you can't even remember what it was. Or Emma his is, name. Or his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's always awkward. <laughs> so, five minutes. Um, <laughs> um, Emma, do you, have you kind of noticed that as you've got older? Have you kind of grown bolder in what you're doing? Definitely. There's something amazing about, like, as you age, especially as a woman, where you just start to let go of a lot of that, I don't know, just a lot of that overthinking. I think also what I've learned as I get older, I think I'm fascinated by psychology and there's something about us as human beings that we really just want to fit in and we kind of morph into the people we surround ourselves with. And I've really realised as I've got older, that whole saying about you are the five people you surround yourself with is, like, massively important. And when you look into it, it's, a, it's about a basic survival instinct that we all have. You know, if you, if you were kind of, like, stood out from your tribe and they disowned you or they didn't want anything to do with you because you didn't have the same, I don't know, beliefs or, or thinking, you would have been shunned and you'd probably die because if you lose your tribe you know, when you were a cave woman, then that was a big deal. But we still have that, like, ingrained instinct that makes us stay small, that, you know, so if you're surrounding yourself with people who are just really comfortable in what they're doing and you want to break out and be bold, you're going to have a lot of people shutting you down. It's going to make it really hard for you. So definitely understanding that you are, you know, there's a subconscious thing that wants to make you fit in and not be bold, but, you know, like, try and... Yeah, try and just undo but that. to build on that point, it's probably going slightly off topic, but <laughs> you have to be bold with your relationships and the people yeah. around you. Yeah. Because actually so it's not just them, your friends or, or people around you keeping you small because they're putting their judgment of what they can do on you, it them holding you back because they don't want you too far ahead of them yeah. because they, they want you in their lives. And that's mm -hmm. another part of being bold. It's knowing when it's time to move into a new relationship with someone mm. and try and take them with you. But at some point, you might just have to say, actually, you're not ready for this. And it, mean, it might mean you're lonely for a while, but that's also part of being bold. Mm. Mm. That's really interesting. So, Emma H., you obviously have your husband in your work with you. I'm not saying you should leave him behind. But <laughs> <laughs> how have you kind of... Do you find that with your relationships that you have to be really clear about, this is where I am, this is where I'm going, this is who I am, this is how I'm changing... Yeah, something that you were just saying about just bold and um, a big topic in the office at the moment, we, we had a session last week as a leadership team and it was about resilience. And actually, I, Kat and the audience, my, yeah, she's been with me for 10 years, brilliant. Wave away, Kat. Hello, Kat. Hello, Kat. Come on. Hello, Kat. It's quite hard because I will actively challenge Kat and I'm like, I don't mean to be horrible. <laughs> but at the same time, it, it's part of the development process and actually what we want to do is empower and, and make each other resilient because the best relationships you have and the best friendships and the best business relationships and the best, sort of, well, 
everything is when you when you challenge but that it's underpinned with that security of you're doing that challenge for the best for each mm. other yeah so i think um going back to my husband and <laughs> <laughs> working in that it's there is that that struggle and you know he does financial i do creative that's never going to work <laughs> <laughs> he says no i say yes um but actually fundamentally we have the same goal which is about making it work and yeah. it's the same with the team and you know when you challenge people it's because <coughs> it's almost like a personal trainer this is my favorite analogy by the way everyone's like here we go again <laughs> it's like you're not going to go to a personal trainer and say could you just work me just just a little bit but I don't really want to be that tested because <laughs> they'll be like well yeah I can do but you want to make my job really easy you want results so therefore to get results they're going to make you do the burpees and all the stuff that you hate and this that and the other so I think bold resilience it's it's a two-way relationship one person has to be bold the other person has to say okay I accept your boldness and I'm going to be resilient Melanie, how do you kind of keep that resilience going? Because you have a job where you do go out and challenge people. And you're like, think differently, do things differently, get involved with something that wants to make really big change. How, I have a do, squad. how do you keep that going? How do I keep squad? a squad? Yeah, the resilience is through, I have a squad that I cry with. So when, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not even playing around when I say cry with. I mean, you know, when someone says something to you like, oh, you're just an angry black woman or, oh, you know, yeah, you, you're not really suited to this role. And you're just like, dude, I got two master's degrees and I still not suited for, like, you know, there are things that really, they, they punch you in the gut. Oh, you know what? We're really, we're not, we're kind of concerned with like the women diversity thing, but you're going to, we're not really concerned with the BAME diversity. Is that okay? You know, like, I, you know. Article, like, is that okay? Hmm. <laughs> you know, and then, but then you, your power is taken away because you can't get angry, right? Because then all of a sudden you turn into an angry black woman. So who, who do I go to? I go to my squad. And, you know, my squad actually, you know, surprisingly, it's not just kind of a bunch of women who look exactly like me. You know, my one of my closest friends is someone who just looks, she's just very different, you know, just very different from me. But again, it's that, it's that heart to heart kind of measure that we are that relationship that we have but I, I remember it's my squad I steam every three days um so I go into the steam and sauna as well because quite frankly I'm being yeah, like no, <laughs> um, I have you know massages every three weeks uh you know and I run in the morning with my dogs and I try to get as much green space as I can Literally, and I'm also leaning towards veganism, if not, you know, just certainly vegetarianism. And I realize that I am a high performance machine. I feel better. <laughs> that I feel better. Yeah, no, I do. I feel better when the fuel is there. And I, I have to, because I'm taking blows every day that I walk out of my house. I am taking blows on behalf of other people, whether other populations. And so that resilience there. But on the other hand, you get used to it because I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm angry. Gotcha. Cool. It's no like there is something about. I remember I would encourage every young person to get a sales job, get one of those hardcore mm. sales jobs where someone yes. is telling you no every yeah. single yeah. second, and you get one sale for every twenty no's, and the no's are really harsh where they slam the door. And I think everyone should go through that because then that that does help you. Resilience is a muscle that you have to build. And if you're so used to success that you do not know failure, then unfortunately, once you do know failure, it's just going to take the rug right off of your feet. Yeah. So 
um, I would say actually put yourself in a situation where you are not, you know, expected to succeed and to build resistance. That's something that, you know, just in terms of that, whether it be sales or whether it be customer service. And then it's just like, you know, it's dirt off your shoulder kind of thing. But then yeah. you also have to take care because we do, it's hard out here, you know, you walk out and it's like, damn, that hurt. Yeah. And, and so you just got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. That's how I do it with resilience. But it's an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing lesson. As I drink some more champagne. Yeah. That's also a very important part of my Exactly. And do you have the same thing? Is it about looking after yourself? Are you, are you a Ferrari? You're more like, mm, no. no, I think you're more like, I think you're more like a very cool Cinquecento. I don't know. <laughs> What's a Cinquecento? Um, like little kind of Italian cars. Oh, thanks. Like, so I was going to say like, Ford Fiesta. Stop it, stop it. But what do you do when kind of nasties are taking blows and it's just all a bit too much? Yeah, um, to be honest, I think I'm quite an introvert in those moments. So mm -hmm. I nice. like to absorb and step back from people and kind of have a, a kind of figure it out myself yeah. so yeah I kind of probably need time on my own in the in, in that in that space um but everyone's different yeah. and so, I think that's really important to acknowledge right which is yeah. like some of us we like need people around us and other people are like no don't talk to me for 48 yeah. hours and then I'll yeah. be okay <laughs> in a way like I I really trust my gut a lot as well but mm. I almost need time to listen to myself and mm, to be yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I almost don't want other people's opinions at some points mm -hmm. when I'm most stressed. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's different, I think. Yeah. Mm, so we're going to just have a little look at kind of what... You talked a lot about bold. I got really into it. Sorry, it's a really interesting. <laughs> so I went a bit over the time loud. Um, so we're going to look very quickly at like what it means to change things, like design, how we change design. That would be very important, so we could change the stalls. Um, now, we talked about this just earlier, about what we think has changed in the last year and what we think needs to change in the next year. What do you think the positives have been and what should we be looking at with a bit of priority? So we were talking about this before everyone came in and I was like, well, what about this? And what about this? It's like, no. So where I got to was more of a voice, uh, but lots of negative things have, have meant that we've had to have that voice and be louder and, 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 and be um, more audacious. Uh, we have new emojis. Yeah, new emojis. Yeah, female emojis. female yeah. scientist emojis. But when you, when you have when the thing that you can point to is emojis, <laughs> and Laura's laughing because she had to find the list of like good things that happened to women in 2016 because there wasn't a lot. Um, and that that's kind of where I got to. So um, it's not so a great list. I'm but hoping I feel like that it's some a low bar to start from. It's so yeah, it's yeah. Really go up. Whoa. Uh, yeah. But I came in. I, I asked the question really optimistically, like. Yeah changed for women over the last year and then the reality was not that much and h said you know everything's going down so it can only get better yeah. from here yeah. so. wow. and what would you yeah what I, you I, I i would say the women's march was a hugely powerful moment and like especially the way that that even it was done quite uh ad hoc is probably the wrong word but relatively yeah. last minute it was pulled together it was very authentic mm. Uh, the, the downside of that is there wasn't a huge kind of plan around it or kind of follow-up. And obviously we can always say, oh, there could have been loads optimised around that. There could have been, you know, a crowdfunding campaign. Now we could be, like, putting that campaign into action or whatever. Like, that's always going to be those cases. But that is a, a kind of true example of, you know, a captivating moment, even without a totally kind of defining kind of this is our aim at the end of it. It's just like, hey... 
we're gonna you know we're important we're gonna put ourselves out there I mean literally across the world so I thought that was really really positive but I think the real challenge now is thinking about how we use that swell of uh, you know en enthusiasm enthusiasm is the wrong word but like that swell of passion and that ability to connect um, to actually make change and to influence change. Now, do you think it is just about passion and making influencing change? Are there specifics? Is the stuff we should be tackling first? But do you think things have got better? What What can you point oh, to I that's got better for women? I think a lot of things got better. Yeah, 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 come on. Yeah, there's a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know those times when you someone says something to you and you're like, "Is he being sexist?" Or you know those times, you know, where you just like. Was that racist? <laughs> I don't gotta ask those questions anymore. And everyone agrees with me. Like, you know, no, it's on the table. People, you know, I, people were like, oh yeah, it's post-racial. Barack Obama, can't you see? I'm like, no, actually, this was always undercurrent. You know, and, and that's, it's a beautiful thing because now I'm actually not by myself when we were pointing this out. Uh, you know, I could, I could speak for Harriet because, you know, we've been talking about this stuff for years. And people were like, yeah, you know, and, and people actually tried to say, oh yeah, Theresa May, she's an evidence. Like, Theresa May wasn't elected, son, like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she has to come in and clean up the mess. Like, you can't do this twice and not think, you know. So I guess there are some things for me, it just feels like there's a there's a solidarity of a sense because I don't have to argue with anyone anymore. It's just so clear that the president called women, but P-U-S-S-Y, like, there's no, you can't debate it. It's on tape. <laughs> so what are you going to do now? And so... That's that's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. I don't yeah. have to. I don't have to wonder because wondering sometimes actually takes away my power. Yeah. You know, when I'm like, am I being oversensitive? Mm -hmm. You know, is there some? Is there maybe not a problem? And it's yeah. you know, it's everyone else is fine and not me. But now I'm just like, oh no, all y'all are crazy, <laughs> <laughs> and we're all in this together. So what are we gonna do? So I think that for me, I think it, there's something about it being so obvious what we're doing. You're right, though. There are some things where I say, that in terms of the consolidation of the women's movement, um, the, the divisions in the women's movement actually have been really apparent to me, which has yeah. been fantastic. And so, yeah. you know, Jude and I are, are constantly working at that in terms of our understanding together. Sorry, my boss at the South Bank Center. But, you know, just me being a BAME woman and having to explain to her, you know, yeah. the reductive tropes of, uh, you know, South African being this, the center of healing or something like that. Something yeah. nonsense that I've had to explain to somebody. It's really great to get that kind of open understanding. I think we need a lot more talk. Like, the women's movement right now is clearly, clearly just veering towards the left. I was speaking on the Women's March Day at the Army and Navy Club, um, and it was a kind of uh, a conservative party think tank. And there's 400 women there, and not one of them was going to go marching. And I asked them, like, Why? oh, you guys are going to march? Let's go. And they're like, we don't march, Mel. And I was like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> right. You know, to be fair, I didn't really march either. You probably kind of tell. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you know it wasn't my inclination. It. <laughs> but it's just that there are some divides right now that we actually have to feel. And th those are much more apparent in regards to intersectionality in terms of socioeconomic class. So I think... I'm just so glad that I can finally identify it. That is yeah. a positive, people. Like, mm, yeah. No more asking if it's sexist. You know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no more equal pay. It's going to be a law. Like, it's, these are yeah. great things, yeah. right? Like, I don't yeah. have to fight anymore. And I think on that point, that some of the, right, the, the paternity law changes yeah. oh, in the past year have been epic. Yeah. Mm. Really, for, really like 
I mean, yeah. I say forward thinking, but like about fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Being taken on board. And actually, I think that's one of our responsibilities as, as women, like, and the genera- the next generation to really make that shit work because that there has been some basics laid down there. We need to put it into action. It's not being taken up even, yeah. which is crazy. Well, cause they're, because they're and idiots. They like, didn't make it mandatory it like other countries. Other countries say use it or lose it. Yeah. And yeah. so that means that men are like, well, if it's free holiday, I'm going to yeah. take it. And then they form the bonds with their children and that means that they form more of a relationship exactly. with their homes. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. And all of a sudden, what do we do? We're like, oh, well, you use it if you want. It's fine. Really? Yeah. Really? Is that what we did in the UK government? Mm-hmm. Like, I got... Yeah. Sweden brilliantly didn't even just say use it or lose it. They were like, use it and get a bonus if you do. <laughs> like, they literally bribed. It was amazing. Yeah, thank you. Um, Emma, Sorry, guys. Like, what Ooh, is... Hold it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think, is, is it, has, is this positive that we can now just be out there and be like, do you know what, this is bullshit. No, say it. Or, yeah. Yeah. So as the PR, how do we get it out there more? How do we get that message out there more? I think it's just having those conversations and never never prioritising one conversation over another. So sometimes people kind of go, oh, well, you know, my, my group of friends versus my social media around. It's like, actually, the group of friends is really important because yeah. there are people still going, oh, should I say this? Should I think this? Should I do this? Um, I honestly 100% believe that whilst globally the shit's hit the fan, mm. um, on so many levels, actually, if the shit didn't hit the fan, mm. we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't be having so many of these conversations because it's literally like we're all head in hands going, if he can do it, yeah, <laughs> then yeah. we can all do it. Yeah. And actually, it's yeah. given us a voice, and I think given us all the voice as well you know when brexit happened um my dad is quite an activist and he's currently in the congo but that's a whole different story (laughs) and um he's he's very kind of like you know vocal as i am and he did have to be the one to be like emma rein it in on facebook about brexit i was like okay "Okay, dad if you're saying it then it really means it because you never rein it in um so I think what's got better is that we have these valuable debates and opinions and we know that people fall, fell out, you know, some people were in, some people were out. Obviously the outs are never going to be my friends again. Um, but you know, it, was, it, it created a debate and actually what's not important is to a certain extent at the moment the outcome, it's the fact that we're debating yeah. and it's the fact that we're having those conversations. So on so many levels, I think things have got better and going back to my resilience and challenge, it is going to be hard, and it is hard, but that's life, and you just have to keep having those conversations. You're never going to convert people the first time round. Mm-hmm. Emma asks, finally, we were here a year ago, we're here now. What did you want to change then? Is it the same now? Do you want more of it? You know what? I, I really like the past 12 months. I'm, I'm not saying it's been easy, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but I love the disruption because... Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I don't know, like, I've been having the conversations as long as, as you guys, you know, like, for 10 years, banging on, and, and mine was always about gender, so what the past 12 months t- has done for me is it's massively opened my eyes to the intersectionality of it. All he thinks it's sectionality, intersectionality, man. Intersectionality. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Intersection. I just can't say. It. <laughs> we all know what but she meant. This is what happens when you have it. sex on the brain. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a daily thing. But, but it's given me this whole new awareness that I just was not paying attention to. That just wasn't on my radar. And I think there's been this. The gender thing just feels like it's been such like we're just wading through treacle. It's been really boring. Mm. But now mm. I feel like in the past year everything's sped up a lot more, and all these conversations are coming up, and all this unrest mm. is coming up. Yeah. And I love it because of the discussion, because of the change, and there's this real like I'm not going to sit back and take this anymore, you know. And I think there's a lot more confidence around going that is sexist, that is racist, yeah. that mm. is not okay, and people getting comfortable with that being normality rather than it being sort of a minority conversation. Yeah. So I'm kind of really happy the past 12 months has happened because it's gonna there's gonna be some big shifts, big, big and, shifts. And doesn't it feel like on that point that the, the whole conversation has got far broader? Yeah. Like yeah. even just yeah. talking about feminism just feels too stifling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, self-identity. Yeah, it does feel quite dated. I think it's about being human. Mm -hmm. And like, it, it, if people can just treat each other more like decent fucking human beings like yeah. then we Just would have no like <laughs> yeah. we would have we I wouldn't have these issues yeah, yeah. it, it and it feels like we're heading towards that yeah but not being martyrs as well it's yeah. like you know there's nothing worse than people going oh I'm the underdog. It's like, well, don't be the bloody underdog. The drama <laughs> is so real. Do something about it. <laughs> yeah. The drama like was that. so real. That moment you said, like, there's a story there. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, like, we, but also at the same time, don't be aggressive and don't be moaning about stuff without a solution. Yes. I always think, you know, yeah. it's this, there's certain people that will jump on the bandwagon of like, oh, woe is me. And it's like, well, not woe is you really, because you're not making significant plans to change it yourself. So, yeah. You know. Social media advocacy is so not the one for me. Mm -hmm. Like, really? Mm -hmm. Tell me what you've done with that, yeah. signing that, what, that you just added your comment to the Facebook post. Like, really, tell me. Yeah. Like, what's gonna, what's really gonna happen? So I really do, I think that there is, there is something that's calling us out now for more, whether it be, and you know, just as consumers as well, you know, I, I'm still, still not wedded to my mobile phone, knowing that, you know, some woman's breast was cut off because she didn't meet the quota for the mineral that all wireless devices need you know like I still have to deal with that and so I think there's an empowerment that is, that mm. needs to go on in regards to wait my voice matters and it means something and my money means something mm. particularly in this corporate era and that I'm not ready for that yet I'm not gonna lie like I, I haven't even kind of dissected my life that's kind of scary no I think it's really important we have to Use our economic power to influence stuff. Yeah, because we, we have a lot. And we control the purse. They always say this. We control the yeah. purse, people. Yeah. We have a lot of loot. A lot of loot. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I said that we would turn it over to you guys for the second half. So we're going to do that. So this is a kind of pitch clinic. It's open to you. Um, I am going to give you a bit of a format for how to do it because we're tight on time. There's a lot of you. So um, do tell us who you are. That's always helpful. Uh, what you do. What your idea is, whether that might be an idea for business, it might be an idea for change, it might be something you want to see enacted in the media, whatever it is. Um, and then a request for help. And try and keep that idea just to a couple of sentences, if you can, so we can squeeze as many people in. So I just want to say something before this. So what happens now oh boy. is that 
So in any event, if you, you notice this, if you go to an event for women and there's one man in the room, the man will put up his hand first and everyone else... Let's not single of... out this poor man at the back, then. No, no, <laughs> it's, 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 you, you remind him of it. And everyone else kind of digs into their seats and thinks, I don't want to go first. There's no way on God's earth we are going to change anything if you don't want to be first. And if you don't want to put up your hand. And if you wriggle into your seat, we'll still be here in ten years. So I'm saying, let's use today... As an example yeah, of yeah, how we're going to move forward in 2017. There we go, there's two. Any more hands, please? Let right. this lady go first and she can set okay. a brilliant example. And <laughs> that gives all of you five minutes of thinking time. Uh, yes, ladies. Am I going first? You <laughs> are, Dylan, you are. <laughs> and you win the prize. <laughs> okay, so my name's Andrea Corbett. Um, who am I? <laughs> I'm a school teacher, secondary yeah. school teacher. Um, I resigned from being a school teacher um, due to ill health, and which was depression and anxiety. And because of that, I am now a personal trainer. I have also founded a community interest company um, called Focus, which focuses on creating your ultimate self. Um, here is my fellow director, Monica. Um, <laughs> And my best friend, Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> so a whole crew, a whole crew. <laughs> 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 you're no, you're no, 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 I would like, I'm focusing more on doing the youth, so working with them in the mental health um, aspects of things. So I know for myself as an adult, what I struggled with understanding the whole mental health issue. So I want to help the youth understand, to even let them know that you, they actually do have a mental health. And don't worry about that word mental health. <coughs> even for myself, going to tell my friends, my family, I've got a mental health problem or issue or illness. It was like, okay, they're going to think something of me. But, so I want to be able to relay that. I'm also a bodybuilder. So wow. that's, you know, that's something else as well to let the empowerment of women, you know, it's a real, a real male-dominated area. But myself and Monica, she's also a bodybuilder as well. And it's something, we're like an exclusive club, basically, because there's not many of us out there. And what can we help you with, my darling? Um, just getting us, we just, because we're just fairly new, we just want to basically want to get out there more and just just have our presence known, basically. We're going to schools, youth clubs, mm -hmm. we are doing as much as we can already. And my bold statement was, as I'm a school teacher, I've got people, I've had agencies the last couple of days, would you like a job? I'm like, uh, yeah, if it was, then I said, no, I won't. Yeah, I'm going to follow my path. Yeah, this yeah. is what my gut is telling me to do. I, you know, it's all I'm paid, but I'm here, I'm alive. And eating, so that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my name. So what I would like, what what we would like help with is just to get us out there. Out there. People yeah. let people know that we're we're here. We're here to help. Um, cool. We've even been granted funding, so we mm. can even do things voluntary. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so we can how to build how to build that we want, we, we knowledge. Want to kind of build that social capital. So yeah. we build a network of support. So it's not just us yeah. providing that support. Fabulous. How I think it's a great people to ask. Sorry, I'm just con I'm confused. I forgot to tell you guys. I used to be an EY consultant for 20 <laughs> years. That's why I'm their startups. Why? Talk to me about the business model. So is it grants? Are you? Is your business model that you are going to get grants from 
or sponsorship from large organizations and then that would fund the activities. So I, what I always ask women is, how are you going to make money? How does this wash its face? So give me the business model in terms of what you are giving the market and then what the market is so for, honestly, is providing back to you. Talk to me. So honestly, I do, I or it could be an advocacy group and that's totally different. That's that's fine as well. I just want to say, is it is this a business in terms of your, it's washing its face or is it that you're bringing money in so that you can advocate, you're advocating for you know, health, wellness, and that's that's very different. Because yeah, you are a CIC, so you can't be doing that. So, like, basically, you know, obviously we're giving our time to being able to cover those costs, but essentially just get... Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So who's your customer? But going into schools? Like, school you know, contracts. So across the life course, essentially. So Andrea's focus is mainly children. My, I'm, I'm from a public health background, so I'm, so, you know, I've, there's, a, there's a whole kind of asylum seeker type migrant um, population out there that are kind of unseen, that also have needs, that also suffer from uh, mental health conditions, along with their children because of the, the situations that they're in. So it's, yeah, it's... So why don't we do, if we do a grant, we could do a grant aspect and then a PR aspect. Mm. So from a grants perspective, apply, I don't know if you have already, but look at Big Lottery Fund Awards yeah, for All. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and what you need to do within that is really articulate what is the difference that you are trying to see? How are you going to quantify that? But also use your own personal experience. The, the key message on the website is that um, it's all about people in the lead. So they want people with lived experience to create solutions to things that are going on in society. And this is for everyone in the room. Anyone that's <coughs> thinking about doing something within their community or a social project, awards for all, big lottery fund. Um, that's the first thing. Unlimited, the foundation for social entrepreneurs, the same thing. You can get up to £5,000. So awards for all is 10000 Unlimited is 5000 That's more about you. It's investing in the individuals and, and your capability as social entrepreneurs to go out there and change the world. Um, and that will give you some money to kind of figure out, is this advocacy, is it campaigning, or is there a fundamental business where there's a customer and they're going to pay? 
that's on on the building side. And then I guess on the PR and the communicating side, it's about having key messages. So I'm going to hand over to you guys on that one. I think for me, it would be build an online and offline community. That's where, you know, if people do have mental health issues, they're not going to go and necessarily talk to someone. They're going to go online and they're going to say, how can I get help? And actually, there's a privacy aspect then of, you know, if you look at the Mind website, for example, you feel that, you know, you've already made a friend when you go on there. I've got a lot of experience with family mental health issues, and that's been a huge area of, they, they build a, a sort of, they suck you in with making you feel okay before you've even spoken to someone. So your, your website, your, your social media platforms and your online presence is incredibly important because that will be the first place that anyone seeking your help will go. But then it's, it's really important to take it offline as well because what happens with a lot of businesses generally is that they, they keep everything online and then you want to talk to someone and it's like, oh, there's not someone real. So actually those face-to-face -face events, those motiv motivational tools... Um, you know, workshops, small workshops in schools. In my my son and daughter school, they do meditation classes on a Wednesday morning, and and that's something that the parents have really taken on board because you know, it's a state school in Hackney, and it's sort of like, you know, we want to create a generation of well children who become well adults, and I think it's it's really connecting with that. But even things like children's cafes you know, cafes where the mums, actually, that mental health connection between young mums and how they want their children to be well, I think it's creating an on and offline community. So talk to as many people, host coffee mornings, do baby massage classes, go to them and talk to the mums. It's just infiltrating in every angle. There's two businesses you might want to look at. One is Fearless Futures. So mm -hmm. Hannah who's the founder of that, who actually spoke on our international on our first ever one. She yeah. has a programme, she goes into school and does a lot with um, like teenage mm. girls, but she actually does get paid by the school for some of that work mm. that she does. I'm not sure where her other funding comes from. And also have a look at Liz Fraser, who was on our show mm. last week. She's yeah, just yeah. launched In My Head Case. But if you look at all the promo that she's doing around that to build a network, and she only launched in January, and she's already building up like a mailing list and things like that. So... Have a look at other businesses that are doing something similar to you and just look at what they're doing on their socials, their activities, and you'll learn a lot from, from that. Too. Mm. And finally, just so we can put it on the podcast and everybody knows, what's it called? Focus. Focus. So focus on creating your ultimate self. Fabulous. We should look Fabulous. out for it. Thank you very much. You. <laughs> very brave round of applause. Who would like to go next? Oh, just a run. Uh, you were the first over here. Yes. Hi, everybody, and thank you for sharing um, your opinions this evening. My name is Talia Gray, and I am the founder of a company called Sheer Chemistry, which is um, a host rebrand um, specializing in types for women of all shapes. And one of the things um, what I see as being bold is um, not being not compromising. Mm. And why I founded Sheer Chemistry is I was living in New York um, at a time when I was excited to be in a multicultural and cosmopolitan city and I thought types is something that is a simple product that I wear every day and finally I can get my hands yeah. on something that represents me um, and unfortunately I, I couldn't find a product, a simple everyday product that I thought would be of a 
available in New York of all places, I couldn't. And for me, it was it was at first a cry to say someone needs to do something about it. But then saying, looking inwardly and being, you know, that someone's going to be me, and I'm not going to compromise anymore, and I'm not going to wear black and take tights. Fabulous, thank you. So for me, um, geochemistry is all about um, celebrating women of color. It's about um, empowering women to feel confident and gorgeous in their own skin and really changing the representation of what it means to be beautiful and what it means to be a woman of color and and really trying to shift um, the representation in mainstream media of of that stereotype really Um, and creating a more diverse perception of beauty essentially. Um, So the brand will be launching in May this year, so very soon. Um, is there anything that we could help you with or that you would like our advice from Nina? Um, yeah, I guess it, it's similar to the young lady here. Um, getting the word out there about the brand and I guess more of a specific question to Anastina. <laughs> um, because it is, I, one of my favourite sayings, a sheer chemistry quote, is, uh, <laughs> is give a woman the, um, the right types in her shade and she can conquer the world. And oh, I really yeah. do believe that it's a product that should be out there. Yeah, definitely. And um, so I would love um, for all the Virgin women to be wearing them on airlines. Oh, great Yeah, well, great Yeah, we can... Anything to make that happen. <laughs> I will, I will try my darndest, unless there's like a real issue. I think that sounds doable. That sounds great. And we could, yeah, do a little bit of kind of content and media around it. So that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the concept. I just think there's shit like this that we put up with in our lives that just, you sometimes just pause and think like, this is so inconvenient. And like, you know, we, we, we grow ears in test tubes. We like, <laughs> you know, we like, we do heart surgery and this shit just hasn't been sorted out. And it's yeah. because like, you, you know, men just wouldn't put up with this shit. Like even just like periods. It's like, men would not put up with this shit. They'd make, they'd make things like to just make it, like to pain <laughs> away, <laughs> just make it convenient. They'd get stuck. I mean, you know, and I think this is one of those things where it's like, of course this needs to be sorted out. We can 3D print, like, you know, you, you know, incubators for babies now and things. It's like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant thing that needs to go mainstream. So yes, I would, I would love to help you in whatever way that is. So what she's saying is, go. we're having drinks afterwards. So yeah. <laughs> make sure you connect yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Did you see the Air India flag? Um, uh, I, mean, uh, I would encourage you to look beyond, say, I guess the typical women of color kind of definition is I just came back we have our festivals in Sri Lanka in, in Kathmandu and anywhere where there's colorism really unfortunately mm. is ripe for that type of product mm. so you'll see particularly in the Middle East you'll see Middle mm. Eastern women coming over all the time to stuff with the cosmetics to buy mm. um, to buy tights in their color and so while you could looking at particular Far East Asia um, Southeast Asia just looking at where there's colorism and, and darker skinned women but so don't kind of limit yourself to that typical look of black women or kind of african-american or african-based women because you know just coming back from there they're just like yo where did you get your tights and i was like i'm a church girl so we you know we had to get these kind of tights and sometimes you got to go to carlson sometimes i can go to bennett's but um then my sri lankan kind of uh colleagues they were just like we need to get some <coughs> to Columbo with them so widen out that 
it was really different. Think about who's having the problem rather than the, you know, kind of the classic people who would be associated with this type of product. Does that make sense? Basically go global from day one. Uh, And this is a great start. Fabulous. Thank you. Uh, There were some more people over here. I'm going to go to her and then I'll come to you and then to you. Yes. This lady here at the front in the black. Yes. And you. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My name's um, Rashan and um, I think as a response to that, there's quite a lot of allergic reactions that I would get from lip balms. I launched my own um, company, Coconut. So we use like organic coconut oil, shea butter and like lemon fragrance to make um, vegetarian lip balms and we also have a vegan option lip balm at the minute. So... We're, I need that because I get really bad reactions. Early too. stages, so we've, I've got the vegetarian option one fun, um, formulated, but you know I work full time. I don't really have the funds to really push for the vegan one to be tested. So that's what kind of where I'm at at the minute. Like I want to go forward. Like I know where my vision is, but mm-hmm. I really don't have the funds to you know yeah. get it where I want it to be. What would help with that? Do you want them to give you funding recommendations or so. recommendations for leaping off the cliff? <laughs> what you have to really because yeah. you know, you, they say that you can get loans and stuff, but then you have to give up equity. And I haven't got that yeah. It's so small, no one's going to want to invest in yeah. me at the minute. So. Well, I would say for a very practical thing, at, at Virgin, we do Virgin Startup, yeah. which provides loans of up to 25 grand, which isn't equity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on the lowest rate possible track to um, government. Uh, <coughs> rate. Yes, there you go. That's the technical term. And you, But you have to take up mentoring and support with it. So that might be something for you. Um, but also, I would just say, personally, I would think just get it out there, even in beta phase, give it to people, yeah. just mm-hmm. get it get it out there even when you're not comfortable um and kind of see what happens you can like you you can try and wait for the perfect moment with all this stuff but sometimes it's best just to see because it might be really rubbish or have an awful smell that you can't even you do know what i mean it's like you just need to get it out there and see what people think of it so don't wait for it to be perfect you had a kind of phased leaving full-time employment taking the yeah, leap, didn't you? Yeah, there's definitely that. I think with product, because what I, what I would say is, is there something about your formula that's unique? Because you want to kind of own that as a, mm. as a concept. Because, you, you know, what you don't want is somebody else to go, you know, there's big brands out there, find your thing and copy it. I mean, the other thing you could do, if you're like, I just want this made, I don't necessarily want it to be a business, can you sell that idea to another another company would be another option. But there'd just be some stuff you want to look into in terms of protecting your intellectual property around thing you're creating um so yeah there's yeah there's different like think about it if you want it as a business there's definitely ways that you could go and then you want to just develop a really strong brand around that so that people come to you and buy it from you and they know your story or think about other ways you can get that to market that doesn't mean it's a business but you can still monetize it it's i'm going to pick up on the time point for both of you so i have this sweat the asset and you're here right now you must have known he was on the panel so Talia, for you, I'm like, you could have bought some tights for everyone. And then you've got five ambassadors. I get the cost point of it, but you've got you've got five ambassadors. You then hand over your card and say, just let me know what you think. The same, same Coco Lam, you know, you could have one for each of us. What, what did you think? And then yeah. you're getting that automatic feedback. And the same with the opportunity for everyone to pitch in this room. If there's an idea that you're like, I'm not sure if it's going to work. You have 40 women in the room, and a man, hi. Uh, 40 women and a man in the room, you could just put it out there, and then you've got a show of hands. Who thinks it's a good idea? No, or but not. But that goes back to be bold, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and that's hard. Kind of, 
it, it mm. is hard, but I think, you know, we're of a generation, or, well, not even a generation now, but it's, once upon a time, there were, like, 15, 20, 30 <coughs> barriers to success or contacts mm. or this, that, and the other. I, you know, 10, 15 years ago, these things didn't happen. They just didn't happen. Mm. You wouldn't talk to interesting people, yeah. dare I say yeah. it, because everyone just, yeah, everyone sort of hid behind what they did and it was all very British and it was like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> don't, don't, you know, work outside office hours and don't do this. And like, we're in the era of the entrepreneur mm. and it is, with that is like bold and risk and, and everything is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. But that whole testing as well, that was the biggest mistake I made with my first business. Because it was this thing that was so personal to me, that's so personal to you. Mm. I was so scared of like people rejecting mm. my idea. And do you know what? It just slowed me down. Because yeah. now, if I set up a business, I would not launch a business until I had had probably about 30 conversations with people that I thought wanted mm -hmm. that thing and got feedback and not take that personally, take it as whatever they tell me, whether they love it or hate it, is going to help me make this product better and help me develop it to get it where I want. So I would say get out there and just get some feedback. Test, test, test. Yeah. Um, oh, hang on. We've got, we're very short on time. Does it relate to this point directly? Yes, very quickly. drinks afterwards. <laughs> uh, lady in the blue. Hi, uh, my name is Amelia Porro and I'm a student at King's College London, religion, re reading religion, politics and sociology. I'm a first year and I had the privilege of going to an amazing school where it cost £34,000 a year on the scholarship on the back of the city and when I was there for seven years, so from 11 to 18 I was in this bubble and I got to 15 and I thought, oh my goodness, this place costs so much money and I thought, well how did this happen? My story is very long-winded. If you want to hear about it, please come and chat to me. It's a very strange story. But I finished the school and I thought, before I left, I said, before I turn 18, I want to do something about social mobility. Because I spent all this time in the countryside and I'd come home back to London. I grew up in Edmonton in the northeast. Um, and it was very, there was a lot of deprivation, a lot of crime, etc. And I thought, I want to give a child the opportunity that I had um, and even if it doesn't mean going to a fancy posh school where you wore a ridiculous uniform, <laughs> I want to give a child a very good education. And I know that I wouldn't be at King's if it wasn't for the education that I had there for seven years and the opportunities, etc. I wouldn't have been able to yeah. speak here, for example. And so, so I. King's Cambridge. King's College London. King's okay. Yeah, so I. Um, well, I randomly managed to shadow the CEO of the City of London Corporation. And um, we kept in touch, and I went to see him in September, and he said, well, you're meant to change the world. And I thought, sorry, what? <laughs> and I said, well, I want to do a social mobility lecture series. I want to start the conversation about social mobility, because if you look at like people who were born in the 50s, they've had an immense climb in social mobility, mm -hmm. and my generation has had none, like, literally none. And I just want to know... Uh, obviously, it's very personal, so it's yeah. kind of like, oh, I'm really scared to like get it out there, because what if it goes wrong, or what people don't like it, but... Can I take this one? You absolutely <laughs> can, yeah. Um, there's a, uh, I'm on the board of London Work, so it's social mobility charity, and we have a lot of studies around kind of the transfer of wealth, mm -hmm. and you know how do we actually change social class, socio or 
socioeconomic class. And so if you leave me your details, then I can talk to you a lot more about that because there's a lot of studies that are going on and, and the intersections between race and class and gender and how people actually move up. And why? Because London is so crowded. That's why we can't transfer wealth through our homes. And so that means, which is the primary means of people moving up. And so that means we're pretty much we're jacked if we live in this city. But there are a lot, it's, um, in terms of a voice from your perspective, then that, I don't see that a lot. It's, it's, it's usually like a lot of kind of old bogeys like me who are like, yeah, we gotta free up the you. But it's <laughs> 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 really, really good. We can just connect afterwards if you like. Okay. Thank okay. You. So it's also lot. that's also really in the welcome to you, and that's also really lovely um, uh, media pitch idea. Mm. So I would pitch. Mm. So I would actually pitch the Guardian with a series of social mobility lectures that they run as small video docs on their site, one two minutes each. So. Pitch them with it. They would take yeah. that. Uh, mm. Yes, lady here. Hi, um, my name is Sarah Huxley. My business partner Oprah is not here, so I'm completely solo. <laughs> if anyone wants to chat to me afterwards, um, so we run a production company called Mini Productions. We now are about to do start doing features and TV, and we've done branded and viral content. We started really young, and we're just like absolutely going for it. Um, when April was young, she was a really poorly child, and she was in and out of hospital a lot, and she managed to go, she went to Great Ormond Street Hospital and she managed to get the right medication um, and be able to do all the things she's doing now and she is better, um, but she did a charity ball for Dreams Come True in about 2012 or 13, which is a charity that works with um, children that are terminally ill, um, and at the ball she thought, I want to design this cloud <laughs> and make people write down what their dreams are and take a photo and that's how it started, so she put it on a social media and it really quickly um, like sort of t expanded and took off. We started getting clouds and dreams sent from all over the world from like Afghanistan where people just wanted an education and like all these amazing things. So as producers we developed this and it's evolved into its own business mm -hmm. called actingonadream.com and I'd love you all to sign up because yeah. we're relaunching this year. Um, and we realised that that process of making yourself write down what your goal is in life is like so incredibly powerful and amazing because people started writing back to us a year later and saying like mm -hmm. I did it I achieved my dream and uh, I took water to Africa I went to an orphanage and installed like a drainage system and I did all these things so we br we <laughs> bought the IP for the cloud it's called a dream cloud mm -hmm. uh, we do talks and we managed to shoot our first professional dreamer series because we thought we want a whole load of well-known people being asked the same questions about what their dream is, what their dream was as a child, what motivates them, who inspires them. We've got our first interview series with Jeremy Paxton and Kate Moss, who's a, the author, Moss with an E. Uh, she hosts the, the Women's Prize for Fiction, the Vegas yeah. Prize for Fiction, and some other one-in actors, some models, some bloggers, everything like that. So we've got this like ton of content and got a small amount of money to build a website that hosts articles where people can contribute anything they want so like everyone in this room I would love you to when it's launched like write down your story or put what you're doing because it's all about connecting people we have what's a the URL plan. again the URL and what's the URL it's actingonadream.com actingonadream.com yeah and we have um, a dream cloud gallery which once everyone signs up they can now make their own electronic cloud with a picture of themselves you can search uh, somebody's name um, and where they're from and hopefully we'll have so many people that you can see dreams from all over the world 
So that is like sounds amazing. Yeah. So we and we want to connect those charities. So what we want now is with this dreamer series or with any content, if anyone knows Soul Pancake or Upworthy, there's nothing in the UK doing it. And so what we really are now, we spent so much time doing our business plan, is we're a positive media company and we want to create content because there's so much money in the branded world with big, big, big companies, and they're not like that. That money's not being used in positive ways. So we want to make content that is either inspirational or motivational that's about mental health or um ch or for charities or doing change and what can we help you with my darling so so our problem in a sentence <laughs> what stage are you at now sorry so we've got the website's about to launch right we actually got shortlisted to um branson's bitch rich a few okay years ago. yeah but um it we have the content we have enough money to have got the base level of our website mm -hmm. and we know where it needs to go and the the, the like the difficulty is, do do we launch and do, and have everything that we have now, and like we're sticklers for like branding, so we yeah. hope it looks really good, um, or do we? There's so much more, like it could progress so much more, and we actually would need like a lot of finance. Yeah, no, launch it now. Yeah, yeah, launch it now. And it will build, and it will build, and it will evolve, and yeah. And but, I d but I do think the branding point's really important. It yeah. should, like, and and you would think this as uh, as well, I'm sure. But you know. You need to, it needs to look decent. So it does. If it's beta form, it's fine. It's what the website, like there's so much more. Like we want to have an online yeah. shop. Launch it now while it's small. Launch it now while it's small and easy to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And then grow it yeah. when you get funding in. Also, you need serious investment. To yeah. Get start looking for funding right now. I would start looking to, to be honest, I would start looking for an investor right now. Yeah, we have two. Potential, but it's just like you know, they want to see they want to yeah. see some trust, yeah. they want to yeah. see you do some stuff. Yeah, so get it live. Organic yeah. growth is really important, yeah. it's underrated, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah. goes, Oh, you've got to go from zero to a no, you don't. No, no, no. Yeah. because no, everything you can get a lot with a small you. thing, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm really aware of time. That does sound brilliant. Though. So okay, listen. so people are coming in at the end. I have no sympathy for you because I said at the beginning come in early. So let so, us be a lesson to you. We only got we've only got time for one more, and I feel like there was one more over here. But if you're not putting your hand up, I'm gonna have to go to the lady at the back because she was up I'll go there. Quick. Um, I do often go at the beginning, so I was listening. Okay. <laughs> um, my name's Grace, and I've launched a project called Lion girls and it's basically about how we as girls and women get a load of rubbish stories and we're just kind of bombarded with all the crap all the time and so it's a platform to encourage um, us to just share better stories whether that's songs or poems or articles or personal stories so that we kind of just tip that balance and empower ourselves from the inside out. I'm going really quick. Um, so I'd like to ask you and yeah, because girls, I mean, we're completely amazing and it's just about reaffirming all of the things that make us feel that mm -hmm. rather than feel like, oh, rubbish, I'll just get back in my box and get rid of it. <laughs> so I would like to know if you have any suggestions about funding, because we'd really love to do some workshops, especially with mm -hmm. teens. We've done some of that sort of stuff, but we really want it to be free and inclusive. So any ideas about funding teen stuff for self-empowerment? Mm -hmm. yeah. And a also, let's say again. Do you have a business partner?
So ideas for funding for Lionhearted Girl. So exactly. Well, I'm going to say the same as same as I said before. So it's it's water for all. Uh, it's unlimited. For anything that where you're creating social change, those are the go-to organisations. And what they do is give you funding, but also put you in a network of people like you, because you'll speak to people about this changing the world stuff or making other people happy. They'll be like, "Why are you doing that?" But actually, you realise you can go into rooms of lots of people that are like, oh my god, this is amazing, I do it too. Exactly like it's happened now. So imagine meeting 20, 30, 40, 100 people that are like, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. You amplify your impact. So those are the two that I would recommend. I would also say go talk to Unilever. Um, so they have a massive mm. CSR budget. They like doing stuff like this. <laughs> might be, like, you might feel there's a conflict there. I personally wasn't there a conflict there, but... They've got a lot of money, they might as well do some good with it. I think um, parallel brands as well. Yeah. Topshop, go straight in. Yeah. Do you want to sponsor me? Do you want to host an event? Mm. And looking at sort of areas and cafes, mm. restaurants, bars, hotels, where is your consumer and where do they exist already? Because that other establishment is talking to that consumer already. So, you know, you're the content, you're bringing the content that you can talk about. So... I think, of course, investment is really key, but that organic growth as well of, like, you know, I spent the first however many years of my business and still do, running around like a crazy thing, doing this and doing that and doing the other, because there's always an opportunity in everything you, anyone you meet and everyone you see. So I think it's just looking at where your audience is and going to them and saying, I think that we share an audience, can I do something? Yeah, it's the match, though, that you've got to get right. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to look at a brand and go, okay, what am I What am I doing? What's my messaging? Who am I mm -hmm. talking to? What other brands are in that space or would like to be in that space? Because, you know, if you get it wrong, no one's going to listen to you. Mm -hmm. So it's better for you to talk to two brands that are, like, mm -hmm. totally on the money. And you, can, and you can talk about it, talk about your idea, all from their perspective and what's in it from them. So don't ever go in and pitch and go, oh, yeah, like, like you have done, yeah, but that's the right thing. Go in there and go, we're doing this, this, and this, and this is how it's going to help your brand. I know you're doing this. I know you want to target these people. Yeah. We're doing that. So think about it entirely all about them, not about you. And that should help you too. Absolutely. Consumer profiling as well. Who's your consumer? Two women at separate occasions. I had to look at my business card. They gave me your business card. And you actually have ambassadors. I don't even know. If you, like at Allen Overy, some law office, <laughs> as well as some random festival in Bristol. And they thought that, and they, they literally were trying to convince me. And I was like, well, how, how do you need my help? But they couldn't really convince wow. me. So there is something about what you're doing that really, so she's like, you have to meet my friend. I, I remember her face in front of me. You have to meet my friend. My friend. <laughs> but you have champions. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm not putting people up. The joy of Twitter, people, you cannot make enough connections through it. Um, big round of applause for all our pictures.
Uh, so we do always like to end with asking our panel for one badass thing they think you should be doing in the coming week to kind of be more badass. But because this is our anniversary special and it's International Women's Day tomorrow, we're going to ask them for one badass thing for the year that you should be doing. So, Emma Sexton, starting with you. Finding <laughs> your tribe, because that's what happened a year ago, and great things came out of that. Mm, Turns yeah. into nothing now, so yeah, find your tribe. Yeah, fabulous. Emma H. Do not say yes when you mean no. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's that's so true. true. <laughs> Did you hear that collective part? <laughs> <laughs> that was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I Um... So I would say, this is a, a, a quite a tactical thing, but I would say actually I find and would encourage that dressing bold and putting yourself out there and being strong in representing yourself, and I don't mean by that you have to wear high heels or anything like that, but just being true to how you want to be in an environment where even it might be surprising, is surprisingly empowering. So yeah. I would encourage that. Nice. Thank you, Matt. Mine is get on board. Um, so anyone that knows me in this room knows that I sit on boards I have what's called a non-exec portfolio so I sit on boards of organizations which means I get to make completely different but very strategic uh, decisions about how they're run so if you don't like something find an organization that you can be a part of by being on their board because that's one way of creating change and mm. someone flags to me this week how rare it is to meet women young women on boards and I forget because I'm there in the room like I'm here so if you do one thing this year look up joining the board of a charity or a startup or or whatever but being on the board not necessarily having a job they're different things that's my one thing and Melanie I already said it if it's not hell yes it's hell no like do I really want that water no that's actually a hell no that champagne Yes. <laughs> so for everything in your life, every calorie that you eat, everything, everything that you consume your light, your breath and your life on, make sure that it is selected and chosen and that you have a curated life. So it's either hell yes or it's hell no, but it's curation and you're choosing it and you're empowering yourself. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Um, so we are hey, wrapping sorry. up for tonight. <laughs> yeah, I tonight. What about but, you? Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you mine in a second. Um, so we're wrapping up tonight, but as ever, because we have the most fabulous partners in the W London. Drinks and nibbles outside, so do come join for that for that network meet some people i hate that word network but emma sexton actually once gave me the greatest tip about networking which is Did go I? and find somebody you can help mm. yeah oh, that's what you're yeah. yeah look at that yeah. oh yeah i did say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 um yeah so go find somebody you can help and also have a little drink um as ever i think for me and i say this every time but the most badass thing you can do is appreciate what you've got and be grateful for it so we are going to do a bit of a round of gratitude so first up Obviously, big thank you to the W for hosting us. And a huge thank you to our amazing panel for their wisdom, giving up their time. And, of course, a massive round of applause for yourself for turning up. You can find us on all the social media at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour, or using our hashtags B-A-W-H or what she said. Um, do come along, tell your friends, get involved. We have a weekly podcast that goes out on iTunes. We always want to hear from you, so tell us. And also, 
come back again because we loved having you. Thanks very much, guys. I have one last plug. On the 18th of March, oh, yeah. we'll be doing this, but on a bike. Yeah, so I mean, that's why I'm like not plugging this one. Join us at Boom Cycle in Holborn. And we have a panel focusing on fitness, well-being, starting a business in that industry, but also media and comms. You can pitch, but then your ass is getting on a bike for a spin bus to our badass playlist. So Rihanna, Beyonce, things that make you feel fabulous. So that's the 18th of March. All the info is on Eventbrite. Come join us. Nat will be at the front. Emma and I are hanging out at the back. We'll see you there. Thanks, guys. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. You've been listening to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. If you liked us, you can help us out and there are some very simple ways to do that. First of all, give us five stars. Five stars, please. Anything less than five stars and a fairy dies. Or leave us a review telling us how wonderful we are, how much you loved our voices and how you can't wait for the next episode, which will be here on your podcast downloads next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.